Welcome to the Lonely Catch-Up, it's myself, Rampant FM, I'm uh, back after my Twitter meltdown <laughs> last week, Sean, uh, it's just me and you today, obviously Moza can't make it, uh, he's busy, uh, how are you doing anyway? I'm not bad, in quite high spirits after the, the week kicking off there, so yeah, I'm good, thanks, how are you doing? Yeah, brilliant, yeah, brilliant, uh, I'm glad I got my Twitter meltdown on uh, in pre-season, because I noticed there was a few sort of <laughs> back and forth on Twitter uh, last night, uh, Shire obviously not happy with the the game at BSC, uh, especially that second half. Uh, uh, Churchy on civil service strollers uh, Twitter on match day, which was interesting, and obviously had uh, Fashway's hat trick, maybe getting a wee bit of stick for taking the the match ball back uh, from the Kelty game from uh, other uh, players in the league. So interesting. <laughs> Absolutely, I think uh, aye, that was that was one of the bigger news stories I think over the last week, and I think you sort of triggered a wee bit of a trend there with uh, <laughs> everybody seemed to go into meltdown a little bit on Twitter. You're right, the the civil uh, and the Shire ones on on match day were uh, definitely kept it interesting to watch. Uh, I liked the I liked the stuff going on between I think anybody can see on Twitter between Dean Brett and and Fash. It's kind of you know, a wee bit of excitement before they two meet in the the league, <laughs> and then obviously we had the uh, a wee bit of you know you a wee bit of lonely catch up getting involved again with uh, Paul Thompson and East Kilbride. Uh, yeah, sorry, Jive's gone on as well. So me, me and Paul Thompson, uh, it's not that I don't dislike the guy. Uh, I just we just don't agree on <laughs> on a few things. Not going to be listening, so <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. <laughs> No, um, I, I disagree with him, on, uh, especially on what he said about uh, uh, firepower and stuff. Obviously, I made the point that I think it's a wee bit too early to judge East Kilbride on firepower and stuff. But no, we we talked kind of late last night privately, and obviously, he, Paul Thompson knows more about East Kilbride than I do. I'll never ever claim that I, that you know that I, I know more than him. He's obviously an insider at the club and stuff like that. But uh, no, I just didn't agree. Uh, I wouldn't. I would argue that point for most of the Lowland League clubs because if you're saying they're lacking, you know, firepower, I think it's a bit unfair just simply because it's, you know, it's so early into the season. I mean, like, you know, there's two two clubs that we'll get into that have not even opened up their league campaign, uh, East Kilbride being one of them. Uh, so it's, you know, it was just a, a disagreement on that point only. But uh, yeah, so as we're talking about them, we'll get into uh, the Betfred Cup and uh, East Kilbride. They came off uh, a brilliant win against uh, former Lowland League team and rivals Edinburgh City. They won 1-0 at Ainsley Park and they went into the weekend win against the Formula and they could, they could have won the group. But, you know, they were beaten by a really good par side. I think pars are looking really good this season, uh, 4-0. Overall, I think their Betfred campaign, I said it uh, just before, I think, on uh, the game. Uh, I wish them well. I think they've done the league proud. I think they've, they've done fantastically well in the competition. It looked at a wee bit doom and gloom uh, when I last talked about them because they had that second half against Albion came on they've they've certainly done well uh, but I think it was expected that they were going to get beat you know maybe 4-0 off a, a really good Dunfermline side what were your thoughts uh, on East Kilbride's uh, Betfred Cup campaign? Hey, I think they done I think they did really well for, for the Calibre team they are to be to be able to come away with 5 points um, when they're playing against the, the type of opposition that you know, they obviously, that's where they want to be. They want to be playing those kind of teams. It was a cracking group. It was one of the most interesting ones in the Betfred Cup as well. And it was a good it was a good test for East Kilbride. Uh, I totally agree that, that you, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because, you know, it's all relevant who they were playing against. And when you're going to go and play against a top championship side like Dunfermline, 
four nils a respectable score and then to go and pinch one against uh, Edinburgh City who they've obviously got a wee bit of history with and also you know the the game against St Mern I, th- I think they had a they had a really successful campaign in the Betfred um, definitely the more successful of the two two Lowland League representatives I would say Do you think they're lacking firepower put you on the spot a wee bit? <laughs> Do you know what I think um, I think they showed they showed last year what what they're capable of doing, and I totally agree that the, the league's got stronger this year. Yeah, East Kilbride are a team that that were difficult to score against, and you know you take Dunfermline Athletic out of it, and they did pretty respectable, um, especially not conceding against Edinburgh City or Saint Mirren. And then for a firepower, you know, standpoint, they, they added Rory Payton, um, who I think is going to be a great addition to the side. So I think they've only they've got slightly stronger, maybe not to the same caliber as, as some other teams, but uh, I, I I think they'll I think they'll do fine, and I think they'll be able to churn out some some three points without winning six 0 or eight 0 when like we saw over the weekend. Yep, absolutely, and obviously another point that I made obviously is the fact that you know Craig Malcolm, who was the top scorer of the league last season, East Kilbride's top scorer and captain, you know he's he's been recovering from injury, so. You know, give give the guys a chance, as I said to Paulie. But uh, speaking of scoring, move on to Berwick Rangers, who can't seem to score at the moment. Kind of a different point of view on their Betfred Cup campaign uh, compared to East Kilbride's midweek. Ian Little, you know, he was he said there was been improvements. Obviously, uh, they didn't concede as much uh, against uh, Falkirk midweek. They only beat three 0 uh, they played Livingston, uh, obviously, uh, you know, a Premiership side at the weekend. Uh, the Tony Macaroni or the Spaghetti had, as it's known, uh, they got beat five 0 What do you think of their Betfred Cup campaign? Yeah, I, th- I think it was a bit, it was a bit doer, wasn't it? But it's, it's, it's again, it's a different caliber, and it was a, it was a tough group to to begin with, and I, the exact same as East Kilbride, even though East Kilbride were, you know, substantially more successful. Um, in this campaign, I think uh, Berwick. We we need to see how they do against some of the the opposition in the Lowland League before we we can really you know provide judgment or you know uh, give our thoughts on on how they're going to do this season. It, but yeah, the I, th- I think the big thing for Berwick after that campaign is going to be getting their heads up and getting ready for the the Lowland League because they conceded twenty one goals. Doesn't matter who you're going against to concede that number of goals, that amount of goals over four games. It you know it's gonna your heads are gonna go down. And then we spoke about it plenty last week with how long it's been since they they did score a competitive goal. We don't really need to go into it all again, but they need to get their head up, get some goals, and we kind of have to to wait and see that they've got a cracking couple of fixtures to open up. So. I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes, and I, I think if they don't get their heads up, they'll not make the best start. And if they don't make the best start, it'll be a very long season for them. Absolutely, mate. I well, people have asked my opinion on them. I still reckon probably about mid table. I don't see them being right at the bottom. I have seen people sort of put them, you know, and you know, like 12, 13, 40. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, but. There was another issue that uh, people were sort of bringing to my attention through the official catch-up Twitter. I had a few messages, uh, you know, uh, either tweeted at me or obviously just asking my opinion through a direct message, if you will. But they were concerned about the ticket pricing. They're going to be charging uh, fans £10 for standard admission. I did put a poll up this. Um, I certainly don't like to single out one club, if you will, uh, but there had been a few 
concerns, as I mentioned, regarding the ticket prices uh, from Lowland League fans. I think when it comes to this sort of thing, there's just there's going to be fans that out of principle will not pay more than they pay for their own club. And it's maybe just not the extra £2 or £3 or whatever it will be. I think it's just that out of principle they wouldn't pay another club more than they pay their own. And I understand that. So I asked the question, is £10 too high for a standard ticket at this level? And 356 votes on it, uh, 6% said it was too high, 17% both said with travel costs and uh, and said it was fair. So is that a wee bit worrying for Berwick, considering? I mean, we've talked about it a wee bit. I think me and Derek, obviously, you know, having a bit of, you know, Berwick away, you know, get, get a caravan or whatnot, whatever that cost's going to be. Would that put fans off the, the ticket pricing? I think there was a, I did keep keep a close eye on that poll as well, and I think there was some good arguments for, from both sides. I did see one um, one uh, fan of Berwick that you know did point out the fact that they have made that step down, and it needs you know for the the club to be able to continue moving forward, it, they'd like to see it get down to the same level as other guys, but they kind of understand that it needs to be staggered, um, so. If if we get to next season and it's closer to the you know six seven pound that we're seeing across the the rest of the league, I think I'll be a bit happier. If they do the same thing again next season, um, I think it will definitely be frustrating because I do think there's an element of that. The fact that they were charging League Two prices last season and it's a it's a big drop, um, which is brilliant. It's the affordable um, football league, so it's it's great that we charge those prices or the teams sorry charge those prices, but. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It wouldn't. It wouldn't necessarily put me off, and I think we wear better car. It's gonna, you know, it's quite. It's gonna be quite a, a travel for most fans. So it's gonna be the home support, and for the home support, the ticket prices are gonna be cheaper than last season. So I can't see them being too frustrated with it. But yes, for some of the travelling fans, I can see where the frustration will lie. But for me, it's gonna be seeing how it it goes if they're playing in the Lowland League next season. Will they drop their prices down to make it? fair and in line because they've, they've knocked the chunk off already so it's only a few quid but it's, it's a tough eh? for me personally I'm I'm okay with it but I could see why people would get frustrated with it. the issue with me obviously and this is why I mentioned the travel costs thing is say Berwick do uh, quite poorly in the league say they're a mid-table team say the likes of a Kelty or a, or a Shire or someone uh, is going down and Berwick are doing so poor and maybe Kelty or Shire or EK are all at the top you know, would fans be put off the fact, oh, well, we're going to beat them anyway, uh, sort of thing? You know, why would I pay a tenner or, or an extra tenner to get maybe get the bus or a train or petrol money down? Uh, that would be my concern. Actually, just what goes on in the pitch. And obviously, you're not going to be attracting too many sort of new fans, if you will, if the team's not successful, uh, in my opinion. So it's going to be an interesting one. Right, now into the Lowland League, uh, brand new season, our first review of... Uh, a match and uh, we're not even going to be reviewing it it's going to be uh, the missing man Moza uh, reviewing our match of the week uh, he's, he's left us a wee bit of a soundbite for us to, uh, obviously him being at the game and on that note we want to obviously congratulate William and Scott who were our two match of the week uh, ticket winners uh, through Twitter and Facebook uh, so hopefully they enjoyed the game put over to Moza Hey guys Derek here and I'm here to tell you about their Lowland League catch up game of the weekend which was BFC Glasgow playing host to East Stirlingshire. And I was lucky enough to be there. So it was a 
bit of a kind of towsy start. Um, BSE started quite promisingly playing some nice stuff. Interestingly, they're getting a new style of playing, new formation on the go. Um, apparently, it was the same formation, but it seemed to be a lot more flexible than it was last season from Swifty. It took Shire a wee minute or two to get going, but when they did get going, they probably edged the first half overall. Um, first real kind of out and out chance, 20 minutes in. It was a free kick for BSC uh, after Jordan Tapping came over the back of Martin Green and Declan Hughes took it over the bar, not too far over, but an early sighter um, from Declan. Then, just four minutes later, Shire took the lead from a corner. Jordan Tapping riding to meet a perfect Mark Miller cross and it stayed that way for the rest of the first half. Um, there was a couple of a little chances here and there dispersed through it. Uh, there was a good cross in from Declan Hughes into Martin Green, but he put the header wide. Um, Shia had a couple of half chances as well. Interestingly, and this will be key later on, Jamie Hamilton in the BSC midfield picked up a yellow card for a tackle that actually was Robbie McNabb's foul. Um, the referee had a wee bit of a mare with that one, and as I say, keep an eye for that later on. But... Uh, yeah, so went into the break, 1-0. Shire, pretty happy with their work. BSC maybe feeling slightly hard done by, but not creating too many clear-cut chances on either side. Then, into the second half, probably BSC edged it overall in that 55 minutes on the clock, suddenly the pass moves were starting to get going from the, the boys in yellow. Tam Orr, Ross Lindsay, Jamie Hamilton, nice triangles in the, in the middle. Ultimately, it fell to Hamilton who tried to curl the finish round Barkley from the edge of the box, but the shire keeper had it covered. Um, and that was a sign of what was just to come, because the next attacking move just a minute later resulted in a penalty. Full disclosure, this one was a little bit controversial. So, the ball went through to Tamor, he took a touch, tried to go round the defender, and there was contact, but he did go down. Uh, quite easily is the accusation. Now, the referee didn't have any hesitation, gave it, and Tam made no mistake from the, the spot. Ultimately, from where my eyes were, my position, modern football, if you get contact and you go down, you're going to get a penalty. Simple as that. But uh, the Shire fans did feel hard done by it, has to be said. And they did feel that the referee wasn't having a great game. I kind of feel like he wasn't having a great game, but not just against Shire. There's one or two baffling decisions against BSC as well. Um, it's one of these things, though. Um, say the 70th minute, there was an elbow from Peter McDonald, for example, um, jumping up for a header with Ross McMillan. But the referee wasn't giving out yellows for elbows, which was interesting, <laughs> because there was one earlier on the first half, the other way around from BSC as well. Um, at that point, Robbie McNabb made his way into the book for a foul on Nicky Lowe. He probably would have been sent off if the ref had caught that um, initial foul in the first half. But he was soon subbed after that, so Swifty knew what he was doing. Uh, and then, as we went towards the end, the last minute, things boiled over a wee bit. There was frustration, mainly from Shire, I think, that had gone to get the three points. Uh, Ross McMillan went up for a, an aerial challenge. Uh, I can't actually remember who the Shire player was he went up with, but they, the two of them went up. Bodies flew everywhere, elbows flew everywhere, and things just kicked off, basically. Uh, ultimately, Jamie McCormack also picked up a book, along with uh, Ross McMillan, and at, at the time, 
Shire's Twitter had said two clear red cards. I think they were just getting a wee bit caught up in the heat at the moment, to be honest. That two yellows was fair. Um, I, it was just a kind of full-blooded aerial challenge and McMillan came off second best. And ultimately, our thoughts go out to Ross because apparently he was a bit unwell after the game. Fingers crossed all's well there, um, especially with the games now coming thick and fast. But final score for the Inderdale Stadium was BSC Glasgow 1, East Derbyshire 1. And I was quite impressed, to be honest, with the way both teams went about this first game of the season. It would have been easy to be a damn squib, but it was combative. It was an interesting game to watch. Uh, Two very different styles of play going on, uh, two different formations. I expect Shire to get better as time goes on. They're clearly still feeling out the team and... um, teammates and so on, BSC don't have that issue all the boys pretty much know each other with the exception of a couple of additions over the summer and probably best players for both teams in the pitch I think Jamie Hamilton had a cracking game for BSC, he looks a right decent prospect and he's been rewarded for a good pre-season performance uh, getting into the first team there ahead, I think most people would have expected Michael Anderson to play Uh, on the Shire side, Jordan Tappan was very impressive to me, it's not often that you see Martin Green in a right tussle in this league. He tends to have his way with certain defenders, but Jordan Tappen, he's he's clearly put on a bit of brawn since he was last at Shire. He was dominant. He was strong. He was a right threat at the other end at set pieces. I'd expect him to get a few goals in the process of the season going through, and yeah, he was just a really impressive performance from so that kind of sums it up I think and I will be back next week to give you thoughts on whatever game we end up picking as a game of the week so I'll throw it back to Chris and to Sean So that was uh, Mozo's views on how BSC East Stirlingshire game went obviously a 1-1 draw two good teams I think we always knew it was going to be a competitive one it was always going to be a sort of nervy one there was a lot of uh, <laughs> frustration we mentioned it a wee bit uh, on the Shire side of Twitter but I think there was a wee bit of frustration on the the BSC side I noticed as well so from what I've seen uh, the highlights and stuff uh, the ref I think did lose a wee bit of control in the game I think it's fair to say uh, Moza mentioned it uh, I think Robbie McNabb you know should have been maybe off the park Pierre McDonald was hauled down uh, just before the BSC penalty so Shire might have been a wee bit aggravated at that because it certainly looked like it should have been a Shire penalty. Uh, we've discussed the Tamor incident. At first, I thought it looked like a dive, but it looks like he either lost his foot in or he overstretched. Uh, Derek did say there was contact, but from the highlights I've seen, I don't know if there was. It's really hard from the angle. But at the end of the day, I don't think there was too many complaints on the penalty. I think Shire, from what I've gathered, there wasn't a lot of chances in the game. So I'm assuming it's just out of frustration, uh, not getting the the one in the bag. Uh, but certainly two teams with a bit of history. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game, Sean? This is a game I was looking forward to see how it went. I, I thought it, was quite a, it would be quite a telling game. And uh, thankfully, Shire TV had it up uh, I think they had it up uh, Sunday afternoon, which meant I got to have a look before we recorded the podcast. I think the the teams were very evenly, they were quite evenly matched, and I think uh, one of the reasons that the referee maybe lost a bit of control in this game is because this was a big game for both teams, uh, a game that they both wanted to win. Um, you sometimes get some of the other games across the league. You know, you'd expect one side to to want the win and the other one 
would he wanted to keep it respectable. But this is two sides that really wanted to, to get off to a winner. You've got Shire who have invested heavily in the preseason and BSC who were the runners up last season and they you know they they want to repeat that this season. So, you know, there was a lot of passion in this game, so I'm not surprised that it got a little bit heated. I think uh, yeah, Moza made a lot of really good points. I think I don't know if it's because I've only saw the, the Shire highlights and they're always gonna be a little bit lopsided towards Shire, but I thought it was a very even game. He was there and he said that he thought it edged a bit more towards BSC, but obviously you know, he's he's gonna say that, isn't he? Even if he don't touch the ball, I think he's gonna say BSC had the the better the better football in that one. But yeah, they were definitely nice, evenly matched. I loved watching the highlights as well. They were um they were just they're gonna have special effects and by the end of the season I think the way that they were panning in and out on some of the shots um, every time there was a tackle or a well the penalty, anything like that, they were zooming right in on it. I kind of loved that. I was just waiting for a wee explosion to go off at the side. Um, but I think they were quite evenly matched teams, and I think uh, yeah, I think um, it's a, it was a fair result for both sides. I think was a penalty for BSE. I, well, I'm in the same boat. Sure, I watched the the highlights, and it does look like he maybe you know it looks like he he falls over more than anything to be honest but but you can't see you can't see if he's, he's being pulled down or how much he's getting pushed um and the referee was closer than than the camera was and, and he, he didn't seem to show much hesitation when he gave the penalty so um and bsc had the chances so if shire didn't want to to draw you know you've got to not you've got to um take more of the the opportunities than than they did in the game there was a wee bit of handbags towards the end as well uh I don't know if any of them warrant uh, sending off. There was an interesting one. I can't. I don't know what Shire player it was, but it did look like he might have uh, hit uh, Tamor. Uh, I know there was other things going on, but that's what I was focused on because uh, just his reaction. But at the end of the day, the game is over. Uh, but yeah, definitely frustrating. Uh, I think more so on the Shire point of view than the BSC side. But you know, uh, we always knew it was going to be a competitive game, and that's why it was going to be our uh, you know game of the week. If you will, uh, uh, that's why we picked it. We'll move on to Bonnie Rig Rose versus Vela Levin. Bonnie Rig making their first appearance in the Lone League uh, at home at New Dundas Park. There was worries about this game getting uh, postponed, but it did go ahead. I was thinking to myself, I was like, Vela Levin don't have any luck. They had so many postponements uh, last season with their their own ground, and you know what, <laughs> you know, not even their own ground, and uh, it could have got postponed. But no, it went ahead. Uh, 23 minutes, a goal via the head of Kerr Young on his 150th appearance for the club. Uh, gave Bonnie Rigg the opener and their first goal in the SLFL. Four minutes later, uh, after a cross from Scott Gray, uh, George Hunter slid in at the back post to make it two. And it was 2-0 uh, at half time. It looked like they were sort of cruising, all things considered. But it wasn't until the 64th minute that they added to their lead. It was a cross by Curry. Uh, slid into the front post by uh, Kieran Magaki. Uh, kind of got a bit wayward now. Four uh, 0 uh, Again, four minutes later on the 68th minute, uh, superb individual e- uh, effort from Dean Brett makes it four uh, 0 to Rose. It's a penalty uh, uh, just before, sort of towards the end, if you will. Uh, 87th minute it was a penalty. It was uh, Jamie Doherty was brought down in the box. He dusts himself down and converts from the spot to make it 5-0. Uh, and on the 89th minute, it was a cross from Hunter, met on the volley by Lewis Turner to make it 6. 
Uh, very impressive outing for Bonnie Rig Rose. Uh, there was uh, an early change. I think it was just before the first goal. I think Ali Smith went off for Vela Levin. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, an injury or whatnot, but uh, if it was, hopefully he's, he's okay. But yeah, it looked like, you know, obviously Bonnie Rig took their chances early on. It seemed to have kind of died down a wee bit until, um, you know, pretty much the last half hour. Obviously, we knew they were going to be you know, uh, up there in terms of teams just coming into the league, but um, what are your thoughts on the result against Vale there? Yeah, I think it's absolutely what uh, Bonnie Rigg wanted to do. Um, they they set out to come into this league and, you know, they don't they want to make an immediate impact and that's exactly what they've done. Um, it was a, a very convincing win by the, the sound of things against Vale. It'll be interesting when and I say if and when the highlights come out to, to watch it back and to see how, how Bonnie Rigg actually played together and how dominating they actually were uh, but 6-0 it, you know it, it's pretty dominating to be honest and it's, it's exactly what they were looking for um, Vale Leathern they'll be obviously a bit disappointed I don't think it's a game they would have expected to win but you know they were travelling away from home uh, against a very good side yeah, it was. It's two teams that were expecting to sort of play for the different ends of the table anyway. So it's exactly what Bonnie Rigg wanted to do. Sounds like um, sounds like they've got some some really qu- really good quality players for for the season ahead. So it should be interesting. So I know you guys talked about it last week, but obviously Edisport Academy. I don't know if I'm going to refer to them as uh, the Braves too much during the, uh, this podcast. Uh, but yeah. I, I'm not too fond of the name, to be honest. Do you want to take us uh, through the game against Edinburgh University? The Braves kicked off their, their first game in the Lowland League, um, as the Caledonian Braves, and it was a quick start for them. It was Ross McNeil who scored the first goal for Caledonian Braves after just four minutes to make it 1-0. It was very very quiet, to be honest, uh, for, for the remainder of the half. They both sort of had their chances, Edinburgh University and the Caledonian Braves, um, but at halftime it was uh, 1-0 to the Braves. Um, it wasn't until, the it was a couple of minutes after the break that the the goal started pouring in a little bit, so it was almost identical to the first half um, where Roscoe was sent through, but the keeper makes a save this time to keep it 1-0. Shortly after that, it was Blair Doherty, that scored on his debut to make it 2-0. Shortly after that, David Sinclair from a free kick managed to smash it home to make it 3-0. The fourth came from Neil McLaughlin, who got in on the act um, with, as Caledonian Braves put it, a sweet strike. Uh, The fifth came from Ross McNeil, who grabbed his second of the game, and not to be outdone by a Doherty, did the same to make it 6-0. He grabbed his second in that that gave Caledonia Braves the win in their first game in the the Lone League over probably a a weaker Edinburgh Uni side at this uh, this point in the season. So, yeah, it's uh, it was a dominating start to their campaign for Caledonian Braves. Totally new look to this team. Even their Twitter was uh, far more active than Edu Sport Academies was on match day. Uh, Edinburgh Uni, a side that we've all said we're a little bit worried about, wouldn't have been happy with that. They're, you know, they're going to be looking towards their their team getting a bit stronger. But I don't think either of the uni teams really like to use that excuse very much. So I don't think they're going to, you know, head back to the university and sit thinking, do you know what? We'll we'll we've not got our full team. I think they're going to be disappointed with that. 
that result, especially when they were playing at home. Yeah, it just seemed like uh, the second half, they just fell apart, really. I mean, I wasn't at the game, but I did notice that Edinburgh Uni tweeted out something along the lines like, well, we weren't sort of expecting that, eh? But fair fair play to the Caledonian Braves. I mean, Blair Docke, yeah, I think they've just signed him re- pretty much that day, if you will, or maybe you know he was training with them or whatnot, but they announced the signing that day. He looks like he's going to be a, a good young player. I think he was previously at you know SPFL and, and stuff like that, so... But yeah, fantastic result for Caledonian Braves. Just on uni teams, I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but uh, obviously Stirling Uni and Spartans uh, was postponed due to the, the the weather at Fourth Bank. I did notice that they did have the canoes out, but unfortunately no paddles. And Spartans are obviously delighted that they're uh, undefeated uh, in July <laughs> as well, I noticed. So uh, yeah. We'll move to Gala, uh, who were beating 3-0 off uh, Cumbernauld Colts at... The Netherdale. There wasn't really much to say about this game. Cumbernauld Colts opened the scoring on the 34th minute with Marty Wright, who was previously at Bonesse, assisted by Craig Murray. Uh, so halftime 1 0. Uh, Cumbernauld Colts on the hour mark. Lewis Bonner uh, scored with Stephen O'Neill uh, getting the assist, and uh, Stephen O'Neill then added uh, to the scoreline to make it free uh, a couple of minutes later with then Marty Wright uh, <laughs> getting the assist. Um, you know, the, the thing about Gala, uh, they were such a, a strong team at home, uh, the Netherdale, so that was an eye-opener. I know Cumbernauld Colts tend to do uh, well, like the sort of beginning of the season, and then obviously, as Moza keeps saying, they fall away. So, But that was a bit of an eye-opening result. But the one thing I was looking at uh, was the fact that they had a, a pre-season friendly two days uh, before the league kicked off against Celtic. Obviously, I think that was in place before uh, Neil Hastings came on board. But, I, I mean, it's good for the club in terms of, obviously, you know, attraction and, and getting people to come and watch it. But was it a bit of a daft decision in terms of football? Because most of these guys played in that friendly, if you will, and then they're playing two days later against, you know, Cumbernauld Colts. And then I think they've got a midweek fixture as well. So is that a bit daft in terms of... <laughs> Uh, football. I mean, these guys aren't obviously are training every day, semi-professional. Yeah, it was. It definitely was a bit of an unusual one. And I think when you're, you know, you're going to invite somebody like Celtic along, uh, it's going to, you know, you're doing it a bit for the hype. But I think by the Thursday, everybody's just looking forward to the start of the league. Um, so I think it would have lost a lot. It certainly did uh, across social media, for what I could tell. Um, it didn't have the same hype as some of the other ties that happened a bit earlier on in the pre-season. I'm not, you know, it's, it's well done to come on all calls. Sounds like Marty Wright and Stephen O'Neill are going to have quite a a strong place in that Colts side this season, as, as you would expect, to be honest. But I'm not... Cumbernauld Colts are a team that I really like, but I have also been quite critical of them and thinking, you know, I think they could move backwards a little bit this season. And I don't think this win is perhaps as dominating as it sounds because of the fact that they're playing against Gala, who are a team that they're just a bit all over the place at, at the moment. Another team that I do really like, but... I think a three 0 win it, it should be expected, but I don't think it. I don't think it's maybe, you know, paints the right picture of how the the whole season is going to go for for Cumbernauld Colts. I think they've got a, a tough year ahead of them. I might I might be wrong. I might be made to team awards later on uh, a few podcasts down the line if we can do this a few more times. But yeah, certainly it was it was a good win for them. It was good to see some of those names uh, 
like I say, Marty Wright, Stephen Neal, even Lewis Bonner managing to get a goal. But I think Gala are a, a team that they're really going to struggle this season against most guys. And they're, they're one of them that we've kind of, we've not put out league predictions or anything like that, but we've all kind of said that we expect them to be down at the bottom of the table. So it'll be an interesting one. What, what did you think of the, the overall result? Worrying a wee bit for Gala. I think I mentioned that. I think they're not going to do as well as they did last season and they probably will be fighting towards the bottom. I just, yeah, I just thought the, the friendly was a wee bit daft, uh, to, to be honest. It was just personal opinion, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I know why, obviously, clubs do these sort of glamour friendlies uh, to raise a bit of money and stuff. But uh, from a football point of view, I don't think it was ideal for the, the, the lads to be playing a competitive friendly two days before the, the start of the league season and also. You know the the fact that they've got midweek fixtures early as well. Uh, Colts, uh, you know I like Colts. They were my dark dark horse as I called them uh, so much last season. Uh, but I'm not going to put that that label on them this season to curse them. So we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, certainly I think they're going to be top half again. I don't know if they're going to be as high as they have been. Uh, but certainly I would have reckoned probably you know eighth, ninth, if not. Uh, further up the table. So obviously we mentioned it uh, earlier, David Churchill was doing the Strollers Twitter, they were away to Gretna uh, 2008 at Raydale Park. Uh, they were coming off the back four wins in their pre-season, quite a successful pre-season for them, uh, Strollers. Uh, Kyle Fee and his hairline were in a bit, <laughs> were in for it a wee bit with Churchill on the Strollers Twitter, <laughs> Twitter I noticed. <laughs> but yeah, it was a, an early chance for Josh Morris uh, and a, a good save from the, the Gretna keeper. Uh, half an hour gone and a fairly even affair both sides uh, with good chances uh, but it was still 0-0 uh, another good uh, chance uh, for the strollers uh, Scolese who I'm assuming is Callum Yates uh, I think just because he's ginger uh, I'm, I'm just assuming it's him uh, I'm not totally I know a few of the boys na- uh, nicknames in the- I'm assuming it's Callum Yates he uh, whipped in a good cross uh, in and Josh Morris just can't get enough on it 38th minute, Ashley Nitto is replaced by Duke Smith, uh, or as Churchy put, number 7 for Gretna being replaced already, Scolese has sent him to the shops. <laughs> like that one, very... Uh... But yeah, it was halftime at Raydale Park, it was still 0-0, um, but yeah, Strollers had been the more uh, dominant team of the half, uh, according to Churchy. There was a delay to the start of the second half, There were uh, as there was a puddle, <laughs> puddle on the goal line, uh, Scottish football at its best. Uh, 55th minute, a great ball from Scott Main uh, and Mark McConnell, a.k.a. Sparky, heads at home to make it 1-0 Strollers. The 69th minute, it was 2-0 Strollers. Kyle Fee's boots have done wonders for Jack Downey as he chips the keeper with his left foot from outside the box. Well done to Kyle Fee. He was getting he was getting pelters uh, yesterday, but yeah, no, he's done a he's done a trick there by uh, lending his boots to Jack Downey. Uh, it was another chance for strollers. Jack Downey one on one, but the keeper got down well to save. The eighty fourth minute, Gretna's Daniel Renyard was sent off uh, or away for an early bath after a, a kick out on Scott Main, and uh, strollers wrapped up their win on the ninetieth minute. Um, and Churchy asked himself if he might uh, might be asking Kyle for his boots on his return. Uh, Jack Downey again uh, with a tap in from six yards uh, all over. Fantastic win for the Strollers. Uh, great Twitter commentary from uh, Churchy there. And uh, yeah, Kyle, Kyle Fee's boots, the hero it looks like. Uh, <laughs> but one thing me and Moza mentioned uh, a lot 
there there has been a bit of a discipline problem for Gretna. I don't think it mattered too much uh, how late it was in the game, but yeah, another sending off <laughs> for Gretna, uh, which isn't good right at the start of the season, uh, or basically the fourth minute when the game's probably over at you know two 0 if uh, the Strollers are dominating. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match? Ah, it's a start that Seville needed to to make. I'm still a bit unsure what to make of Gretna, to be honest. Definitely a result that they'll be disappointed with. Yeah, I think Strollers have got a strong team. Um, I think they got stronger in the preseason as well. A team that performed above expectation. I think they're going to have the expectation to do well this this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that pressure. If we're getting this Twitter every week as well, I think it's something that I might might not watch much football and I might just be sitting checking out the, the Twitter feed and I think Churchill will be hoping that when he comes back that Kyle Fee isn't rested because um, otherwise there might be a wee bit of revenge on, on tap when, when that finally comes around, I think. <laughs> Brilliant. So we'll move on to our final game, a game that, that we were both at. Do you want to cover uh, Kelly Hart's uh, win over Dalbeat Star, mate? Yeah, absolutely. I, so I got a bit of stick last week for talking about Kelly for a bit too long. So I'll keep it. I'll keep <laughs> eight it, minutes, I'll keep mate. It. Uh, I don't know if anyone noticed it was eight minutes. That's one of the reasons I had to come back. Uh, just to, <laughs> Something I said when I did ramble on for eight minutes last week was that it was one game and Kelty now needed to go and repeat and they did just that in their first so it was similar to the beef game it was Scott a Scotland and free kick again um, that gave Kelty the opener after just six minutes um, it was a bit quieter after that Dalbeat had a little bit of play but Kelty were very strong at the back it's one of the areas that they've definitely got stronger this season it took up until the 34th minute for Kelty to find a second and it was fantastic play by Easton to drive into the box and Hubby made a, a really good run um, Stephen Husband and was able to tap it in for close range um, as is as usual the way with Kelty goals seem to come over a short period of time and it was only two minutes later that by Dylan Easton again this time going on himself and was able to put it in the back of the net to make it 3-0 to Kelty went in at half time at 3-0 and Kelty came out and started the second half the same way they ended the first and 30 seconds into the second half it was Fash who made it 4-0 uh, two minutes later Fash was through again to get himself a brace and make it 5-0 to Kelty and the 53rd minute it was Hobby who was able to get his second with a curled ball from just outside the box into the top corner and 57th minute Fash was able to convert from the spot to make it a, a hat-trick for um, the Kelly striker. Kelly still dominated for the next sort of half an hour and in the 85th minute was substitute Ross Much that was able to be essentially in the right place as a Stuart Cargo shot was saved, I believe, and uh, deflected to Ross Much who was able to tap it in to make it 8-0. So Kelly uh, were a really dominating start to their season. Um, I think... It would have been in the back of the mind, uh, their mind the fact that Dalby came up to New Central Park at the start of last season and were able to pinch a, a point in the season opener. Um, so I think they've they've gone out and, like I've said, about a few teams have done exactly what they needed to do with a, a dominating, dominating eight nil win over Dalby Star. Um, you were obviously at the the game as well. What did what did you think of the game? The first half, like you wouldn't think it because they were winning three 0 but certainly I thought it was a wee bit scrappy uh, at parts, like a lot of free kicks here and there. You know when the ball was in the air, but uh, 
one guy I know he obviously got a goal, but uh, he was kind of outshined a wee bit by uh, Nathan Austin and obviously uh, Stephen Husband. But certainly um, Dylan Easton was fantastic, uh, as as was a lot of the lads. I think I think the main thing this season, the difference is the there's definitely a, either a more hunger there or there's something there. I mean, we saw. You know, like the guys like Muzz, obviously, who's, who's the captain now. He's running up. He, he looks. The whole team look incredibly fit. I don't know if it was due to the the the, the running training that they had. Uh, just before we continue, mate. Obviously, I, I did get a word with uh, Chris Dodds. Uh, I apologise to Caledonian Braves. I thought your score was five 0 and I did obviously mention it because uh, that'll be the Kelly's next game. So we'll uh, speak to Dodds the now. So obviously Dodgy a fantastic result today, um, is that as good as it gets for Kelty? Well, certainly it's a great start, it's a really really good start and I think it sets down a marker as we did against Beef last week, I know Beef was a friendly but people would have been looking at that result last week and we've carried it on, slightly slower start this weekend but when you've got folk like Linton who can you know, just put one in the top end from a free kick, it settles us all down and then we, we carry on but we were in at half time and the gaffer said he wasn't, he wasn't best pleased. He'd be like we could, we could go up another gear, which we did. Um, and I don't know how many goals we scored in quick succession in the second, but yeah. maybe three or four, I think. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you got a bit of a rough tackle, um, yeah. you know, from Curtis Wilson, the right back. Are you, are you all right? Uh, dead leg, really dead sore leg. one. To be fair, could have been worse though. I'm surprised. I don't know if you were what end you were at, but I'm surprised it wasn't more than a than a booking, like because it was a dangerous, dangerous tackle. Eh? Uh, but yeah, fine. Dead leg, um, dusted off, and it was fine. Okay, and uh, obviously, Caledonian Braves next week. They came off. Uh, I don't know if you know. They came off a really good result today. I think it was five five nil to them uh, off against Edinburgh. Uni, uh, we're obviously their first opponents in their new ground. Is it saying the Kelty boys will obviously be up to as well? Um, yeah, to be honest, it does. We don't really care at the moment who they're playing. Eh? Like we know they're similar to the Edu Sport or they are Edu Sport of last year. If they've got any of the same players, I don't know. Um, but the gaffer will have them watched. But the way we're playing the now, I mean, I don't think you know whoever it is, whether it's the, the topper teams or the lesser teams, will you know will be looking at putting a marker. Obviously, I want to thank Chris Dodds for that wee interview there. Uh, another guy that I thought was brilliant, and this is—I think you touched on this yourself, Sean. But Ross Much, uh, he came on really late in the game. He did get the eighth goal, but he done a Cruyff turn. Uh, what confidence from a you know a, a, a still a young footballer, and he, he took he got taken out obviously, but uh, Cruyff turns and you know getting goals and that he's going to be incredible. Uh, I think he'll probably be a part of the first team plans at Kelly also. Um, but there's just so much quality in that team. It was you know I think I touched on it uh, before the interview there, but certainly. It was very strange to see a a team that I think uh, Barry uh, the gaffer and and Chris Dodd touched on it, but they, they you know they're freeing a lot and they didn't look like they had gotten out second gear, which is very you know you don't you don't really get out of this level, uh, but certainly that second half they just dominated Dalbiti. But in fairness to Dalbiti, um, their fight this season is not going to be with the likes of Kelty or Ek or Shire. It's going to be against uh, you know the the teams you know around them. Uh, and I would suspect that Kelty will probably do this with other teams in the league this season. So I wouldn't be too hard on on Dalbiti uh, at this point in time. Uh, and obviously it was Richie Max- Maxwell's first competitive game, so it's not going to be a, 
a nice experience for him, but again, it's their fight's not with Kelly or or the teams, you know, the top the top six teams. It's going to be with the the teams and about them, and they have a you know a, another challenge coming up as well, which we'll get into. So on that note, we'll get into the midweek fixtures. Uh, we will be doing a midweek podcast, so we'll only be mentioning the the midweek fixtures. We do have uh, a fair few of them. We'll start with Tuesday, and we'll start with Bale Levin versus Galafaridin Rovers, the big Borders derby. A few uh, guys have switched places in the squads. Craig McBride uh, and the like are uh, at Gala now, and obviously Tommy Patterson's at Vale. How do you see that one going, Sean? Yeah, hey, I think it's a massive game for for both sides, um, and you know they're both coming off of disappointing disappointing results. It's a harder game to. To call, to be honest, because um, Gallo was such a strong side last season, um, and this season they they seem to have gone backwards a little bit. Vale seem to have moved forward, but I think I can see this game going. Sorry, even spoils, but I think there'll be some goals involved um, for sure, and I think it could end up being a cracker for a, a Tuesday night. I would probably give Vale leaving the edge simply based on uh, being at home adds a wee bit more the guys as I mentioned you've got guys there that know all about Gala and I guess it's vice versa but I would give Vela leaving the edge there just being at home but it's one of these early season fixtures that you know the three points could be vital come the end of the season for them uh, Civil Service Strollers are at home against University of Stirling who will uh, get to kick off their their lonely campaign. Uh, well, hopefully if uh, the weather <laughs> stays all right. But uh, aye, strollers uh, versus University of Stirling. I don't know who I'd give the edge to. I, I would probably say strollers because coming off that really good win against Gretna, they'll be they, you know delighted to be back at home. Stirling uh, very unsure at the moment, but given that they've not played a game yet, so. Um, but yeah, I, I would say strollers in that one, just uh, given the fact of they're coming off a really good result. Uh, what about yourself, Sean? Yeah, I think I, I would agree um, with giving it to Strolls, but I'm a bit more confident, I think. I think it'll be quite a comprehensive win for them. Um, it's their home opener. It's against probably a weaker uni side at this point in the season as well. I think they're they're quite going to be quite ambitious this season, um, several, and these are the kind of games that they're going to see us. You know, they need to go out and get the three points before they go up against the... The Shires, BSC, Spartans, Kelty, um, perhaps even Bonnie Riggs thrown in there as well for the season, and maybe Berwick. So these are, I think it's a team that several are going to are going to go go out and they're probably going to want to score some goals and probably not concede any. It's going to be they're probably going to want to shut University Stirling out. I think I think several should win this game quite comfortably. The Spartans versus uh, BSC Glasgow Spartans, obviously the uh, the first lowland league. Uh, game of the, the season uh, due to that postponement as well. They're up against uh, BSC, who obviously got that, that draw against Shire. Uh, there's a wee bit of a rivalry between these two teams, so it's always hard to predict these ones. Uh, I think BSC won at Ainsley Park last season, if I, if I remember correctly. But yeah, Spartans, it's uh, harder to call, I think. Obviously, we know that they've lost a lot of good players. They've brought in a few a few uh, guys known to the league, and obviously they've, they've kind of... Uh, added uh, the under 20s going up so I think it's I, I really don't know how to call this uh, I know obviously Derek's going to be there I think I'm going to try and get there I think yourself is going to try and get to this one as well but uh, yeah it's uh, I don't know I, I can't call this one I would I would I always usually go uh, Spartans at Ainsley Park but uh, with BSC getting that 
that uh, draw against Shire. So I think they'll probably go out. Yeah, uh, the the strange one for for this one, I think for me is I, I don't see it finishing a draw. Um, but it's hard to call who's going to win it. I think I think BSC are going to go in and do what they did last season. I think they're going to pick up the, the three points at Ainsley Park. I think you make a great point. They obviously dropped a couple of points to Shire there in their their season opener. So, you know, I'd be disappointed if they go away with only one or two points for their opening two games. Um, likewise, for Spartans to go away with zero or one from their first opening, you know, their home opener. Yeah, I think BSC are gonna. I think BSC are gonna be a very good side again this season. Um, it's early doors. It's hard to say when we haven't seen Spartans yet. You know they're gonna be more rested, I suppose, um, to their advantage. Whereas BSC are gonna be coming off that big game there on um, Saturday against Shire. But I think I'd give BSC Glasgow the edge. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Spartans were to win by a, a couple of goals. Well, this is uh, this is a game that was picked out by you as you know a potential sort of game of the week if you will and I think we are going to be making that our game of the week obviously uh, Berwick Rangers versus Bonnie Rig Rose uh, a team just coming into the league from one end and a team coming in from the league from the other end if you will uh, I fancy Bonnie Rig I've seen a lot of highlights and stuff like that but I, I think Bonnie Rig coming off that brilliant win against Vale leaving Berwick uh, considered a lot of goals again there's that thing where they haven't scored but if they get a result at home uh, against Bonnie Rig, it could be a you know a, a, an eye opener for a lot of, uh, a lot of doubters. I would I would assume so. Uh, I'll be interested to see the levels uh, between the two sides. Uh, I think that's something that you've 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 mentioned yourself. Uh, what, who Jenks going to get the win? Hey, I think it's a game that Berwick have to win. To be honest, I, I feel like the the home opener in the new league that it's a really important. They're probably the team that needs to win more than than anybody else, but. I think Bonnie Rigg are gonna gonna take all three points in in this one just for the simple fact that Bonnie Rigg are a team that score a lot of goals and right now Berwick are a team that concede a lot of goals. That's obviously not a great formula for for Berwick, but do you know what? There's a, there's a part of me that hopes that Berwick can go out and prove me wrong because you know this is their opener. They've they've dropped down a league um, and they should really be winning against a team that got promoted into the league. Do you know what? Sorry, my Heart, if you like, says Berwick, but my head says that Bonnie Rigg are just going to be far too strong. We'll move into uh, Wednesday's fixtures. They'll beat his star at Islecroft versus East Kilbride. They're coming off that uh, heavy defeat against Kelty. And obviously, East Kilbride are just starting the lonely campaign coming off the Betfred Cup. For me, they'll beat his star are always a different side at home. Uh, a lot to do with the travel as well. You know, guys just don't <laughs> don't like going there. Uh, and they'll beat star are known to make it hard for uh, some of the bigger sides. I don't see East Kilbride putting eight past them like Kelty, especially away, you know, away at Islecroft. But I'm quite confident to say that East Kilbride will probably get the win there. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. I think you've hit the nail on the head with that one. Uh, it will be interesting to see to see what East Kilbride can do after coming off out of the bit, Fred. Um, especially a wee bit of the criticism that's been kicking around, not just from from Paul, but um, about the the lack of goals that they've had. So it'll be um, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. And East Kilbride, I suppose, will want to prove a bit of point. They'll be will want to bounce back and. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Islecroft's not an easy place to go by any stretch. East Stirlingshire versus Edinburgh University. I'll just go on record and say uh, Shire have to win this game. Uh, similar to to BSC, I don't think they they want to drop 
uh, any more points in their first two games. Uh, they're at home, uh, in, my, in my opinion. Uh, they have to win that game. They have to go into that, you know. Uh, and Edinburgh Uni, I mean, you know, they, they kind of probably fell away in that second half. They were only getting beat 1-0 off of the Caledonian Braves, but Shire should be too good for them, especially at the Falkirk Stadium. For Shire, even though um, they went up against BSC, I think it was a disappointing start to their their campaign, especially when some of their competitors, the likes of Kelty um, and East Kilbride, you know, playing the same day in their opener as well. Shire aren't going to want to fall behind. Um, even, you know, it could come down to goals. Um, that's how good the top teams are in this league. So, I think they'll want. I think they will win it. Um, I, I think. It, it goes without saying that, that Shire are going to win this one, but uh, I think they'll want to win it by a, a nice margin, to be honest, and I could see Shire knocking a few past Edinburgh University. Caledonian Braves versus Gretna 2008. They are playing the first game at home at the New Alliance Park. I made a mistake earlier. I thought it was against Kelty. <laughs> but no, uh, well, first Saturday game will be against Kelty, but the midweek one is against Gretna. The old Edisport were quite inconsistent, um, it's something I brought up last season. I thought they had, you know, a great result, and then suddenly it was maybe not a great result, and then a good result, then a not a great, you know. So to me, I think it's important that they go out and win this, especially at their brand brand new home ground. I don't think they want to will want to lose their first game there against uh, Gretna coming up. But yeah, it's up to them to be consistent. I would probably give them the edge coming off that really good result against Edinburgh Uni. Uh, Gretna, I think, are probably going to be another team. They're still gelling. Uh, Chris is Humphrey's still got a, a bit of work to do there, so I would, I would probably give the edge to Caledonian Braves in that one. Yeah, I'd have to agree, and I think we're going to see this quite a bit this season. I think um, the the games between the teams at the top and the games between the teams at the bottom are going to be really interesting because they are going to be quite closely grouped together but I think there's going to be a huge divide between top and bottom and I think we'll see a lot of lopsided results. It'll be interesting to see if the Caledonian Braves can go out and kind of get that monkey off their back, the the consistency piece that they had with Edge of Sport because I think everybody used to talk about that and yeah this this is a game that they have to go out and win and they, they've made a fantastic start. It's only one one game in there but they were right up there with Kelly and Bonnie Rigg for for knocking a lot of goals and in the the first week and kind of making a bit of a statement, so um, yeah, they all want to continue that and improve. It wasn't just a one off, I think, uh, and yeah, Gretna might just fall victim to that. I think. So that kind of rounds up the midweek games. We'll cover the weekend games uh, on the pod uh, cast that we'll be doing uh, midweek after all the games have been played. Obviously, uh, I'll get into plugs as Moza isn't here. I'll let you go first, Sean. Uh, yeah, so you can find uh, myself on Twitter, it's just at SpeddingSean, and I'll keep continue for this season maintaining the Facebook page, so you can find us on there at The Lonely Catch-Up. Brilliant, and with me it's at RampantFM, uh, and you can get the catch-up at Official Catch-Up on Twitter. We do have some news regarding our website, I think some of you guys have known that Rory Murphy is, is helping us with, do a catch-up website. It was meant to be up this week, but there was a bit of delay in terms of... Uh, some of the, the stats and stuff uh, but I did catch up with Rudy at the Kelty game and we'll uh, hear his thoughts uh, giving us an update on the website uh, the now Obviously Rudy you're doing the, uh, the website for the catch up uh, how's it going obviously there's a bit of a delay with it Aye uh, um, so the delay that we had was just um, behind the scenes uh, with the database 
Um, we're hoping to get it out um, by the time you listen to this podcast. It should be out. Okay. Um, the the website itself is going to be the, the main information hub for the league. What we're basically trying to do is we're trying to give um, more people the access to the league and see what the league is all about. Combine it with the podcast and hopefully bring in more ideally sponsorship and more people into the league and show them it's an exciting league that people need to come and see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, I can't thank you enough for the work that you put into this. I know you've been working hard. I've had a bit of a sneak peek myself. Um, obviously, um, I can't wait till it's up and running. But uh, yeah, no, I just want to say I appreciate obviously all your work and I can't wait to see the, what the new website's going to be like. No, thank you very much. And obviously, it's a great opportunity for the, for the, the group itself to be working with you guys this year. And hopefully, we've uh, We've got cracked on for for the full season where people will use it and it'll be a great information tool not just for fans but players and managers and coaches alike. Thank Rudy for that update there. So that's pretty much the first week, you know, bar bar uh, East Coast Brighton, uh, Berwick Rangers have not played yet. Uh, done and dusted, mate. It's obviously a really good weekend of football. Really good to be back. Uh, we will be back for a, a midweek podcast obviously cover the midweek games and obviously we'll be back uh, getting into the weekend action uh, a lot of uh, good games coming up as well so um, yeah happy to be back Sean yeah I ecstatic pre-season it's, it's too long <laughs> so definitely glad to be back and uh, glad to see some of the results over the weekend because I think it's going to be an absolute belter of a season we just want to thank everyone that listens in, obviously the, the gaffers, the players, uh, everyone that gets involved uh, in terms of interviews. Again, it'll be something we're, we'll be ramping up as we go. Uh, but we appreciate all the support from the league, uh, people like George Fraser uh, and everyone else. And we'll see you uh, in a few days uh, for the midweek catch-up. Catch you later. <laughs>